The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're going to be talking about cybersecurity because, of course, as technology moves rapidly forward, so does the risk of cyber attacks. Here in Australia, well, back in 2021, we had some numbers from the Cybersecurity Centre, which said that on average, Australians experienced a cyber attack every eight minutes, which is scary numbers and have actually increased since then. To talk more about this, I'm joined by the CEO of Sanitas, Andrew Wilson. Andrew, it's great to have you back with us again. Welcome. Aurel, thanks very much for the invitation to talk to you. Absolutely, it's great to now, be Now, you're, of course, a listed company. The ASX code for all of our listeners is SEN. Market cap around about just over $30 million at the time of recording. You have been with the company for over 16 years. I can only yeah. imagine how, yeah, how much things have changed over that time. Well, certainly. You know, when I first joined Senatas, the cybersecurity wasn't even a word and nobody yeah. knew what encryption was. But um, obviously that's changed today. Oh, change! Yes, it certainly has. Encryption. Oh my goodness! So we, we talked about we talked about so much when we last caught up, which was around about six months ago. And, and one of the topics that was particularly interesting in our discussion, Andrew, was working from home um, because, of course, that's changed a lot over the course of the pandemic, and it's had a big impact on the security of organisations on, on a global level what's happened since january since we last spoke in in terms of you know sort of the level of attacks you know the move forward in technology how much and how quickly have things changed in the last six or seven months um look i think it's 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 just an ongoing trend of in the rise of um cyber attacks as you uh, pointed out earlier in this conversation we expect that trend to continue and they're becoming more sophisticated um, uh, cyber attacks that you, you know uh, can easily penetrate sort of corporate networks, government networks, and um, individuals' um, uh, computer environments. So it's a, it's it's a real problem. We don't see that going away at all. Are we keeping up? So obviously the threat landscape has changed a little bit. And as you're talking about, um, you know, these are more experienced and more knowledgeable um, and technologically far more advanced in terms of the type of attacks that we're, that we're seeing at the moment. Is is defence of these attacks keeping up? Um, look, it's a game of cat and mouse. I think the hmm. um, cybersecurity um, attackers are very sophisticated and organisations, you know, are trying to play catch up. Um, against those kinds of attacks. I mean, I just saw a very interesting um, cyber uh, sort of email scam that is, uh, you know, Australians are being warned about now, which is essentially embedded malware in an image captured by NASA's James Webb telescope, right? So if you click on the image, uh, then you unknowingly, unwittingly download some malware and this particular scam is so complicated that it can't be detected by traditional antivirus software. So it's it's pretty scary stuff, right? So the traditional approaches to prevent, preventing malware 
entering an organisation or an individual's computer environment um, are no longer sufficient to protect against these kind of threats. And this is just hot off the press. I received it this morning. So that's just an example of, um, you know, the sort of sophistication of these kinds of uh, attacks. It's it's uh it's it's pretty scary, you know, when you when you're talking about those kind of numbers. And and what's also interesting, when you overlay this, what's happening in your industry overall, Andrew, and it appears that um, you know, talent is an issue. It's not just an issue in cybersecurity, it's an issue in most industries in Australia at the moment. And the recent Jobs and Skills Summit, of course, talked at length about skill shortages. How are you seeing this playing out in, in the cybersecurity industry? Because if we don't have the skills, we can't keep up with that sort of technological advancement. Yeah, look, it's it's a real problem. And I don't see that being solved in the short term. Although, you know, we are seeing universities offer cybersecurity degrees and, um, and and courses in order to try and, you know, resolve that skills gap. So that's encouraging to see, but, you know, there's a lag uh, lag effect there until, you know, you have graduates with the necessary skills. But it is being addressed um, with government support. Is it being addressed fast enough, though? As quickly as it hmm. can, I think. I mean, you know, you can't, um, you can't invent people with these skills. Um, I also believe that, you know, there'll be fast track visas for individuals from overseas that have cybersecurity um, credentials. So there's no quick, easy fix here. You know, it's interesting because last time we spoke, we also talked about the fact that these are not bad paying jobs. In fact, they're some of the higher paid jobs, certainly in the Australian market anyway. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of, you know, reasons to actually take on board some kind of cybersecurity skill set. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very attractive um, space for somebody with, uh, you know, the desire to pick up skills like that, and it does pay very well. Mm, okay. Now let's talk about um, Sanitas, Andrew. It's essentially two different cybersecurity plays. I think that's the easiest way to describe the the, com- the company itself. So let's break them up for our audience. Um, yep. You've got uh, Vitero as one point. Let's let's start there because this is a company that you actually acquired back in twenty eighteen. Yeah, we own about 60% of um, Vitero on a fully diluted basis. And, you know, that company is a, in a pretty exciting space. I, I, I spoke to you just recently about um, that uh, James Webb image that um, contains malware. So what Vitero can do is to, is to protect an individual from clicking on that link and downloading malware by um, removing what is good in that image and passing it through to the individual, leaving anything behind in that image which which shouldn't be there according to the image format. So um, in that way, it can uh, protect an organisation, an individual from sort of these, these um, you know, sophisticated malware attacks. So, you know, we see that, um, that company uh, on an exciting growth trajectory. We're expecting the business to... Um, double annual recurring revenue this calendar year. It um, increased annual recurring revenue um, last year by 83%, right up to uh, $4.4 million at August. Um, We're expecting that organisation to be cash flow break-even by 30th of June uh, 2023. So we're really excited about, um, you know, the the growth trajectory of Vitero. It's winning large customers internationally, um, customers in the financial institution space, um, large government agencies right across um, Asia Pacific, uh, the US and EMEA. Um, and we think that uh, can provide uh, our shareholders an exciting um, 
you know, growth story in the, in, in the Sanitas listed entity. This is, you know, what's particularly interesting here is this conversation that we were having earlier, Andrew, about ransomware growing at this this alarming rate. Um, yeah. I just saw some uh, relatively new research. Well, it was from, from back in June from Illumio, which said that in Australia, nine out of 10 organisations have had data and systems held hostage by ransomware attacks, and they paid the ransom. The average yeah. cost of that was sitting around 250000 Australian dollars. That's scary numbers. Like with, with everything that you're doing to work against this, we're still seeing almost 90% of organisations actually having to pay out on ransoms. Yeah, and that's because I don't think, um, you know, your average organisation is prepared for these kinds of cyber attacks. Um, so this is why these ransomware attacks are so successful. It's not just, um, you know, a criminal enterprise undertaking these uh, ransomware attacks, but it's also state-sponsored uh, espionage as well. Um, and recently the government, uh, you know, a report um, was issued in relation to a state-sponsored espionage campaign between April 2022 and June 2022, targeting primarily Australian government institutions in the energy sector. So, you know, there's a very sophisticated attacks and I think um, nobody's nobody's safe. Mm. I, I like your motto. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about this before, but your motto is prevention is, is better than cure, yeah, right? So, so right. You're, trying to, <laughs> you're trying to set these organisations, whether they be corporate, private, government, um, to, to set themselves up so that they can actually prevent these attacks. That, that's exactly right. And, um, and, and, you know, the technology, Vitero technology also enables the organisation to continue to, um, to do business. A lot of cybersecurity solutions, security solutions in general may um, offer good security but can impact business performance. Um, you know, Vitero can enable both of those things, good security and preserving business performance. One of our customers is an international media customer that has a a whistleblower portal, for example, on their website where they encourage people to upload documents um, that may be controversial, that organisation was very concerned that uh, those documents might contain malware. So they deployed Vitero to ensure that the documents that were uploaded were clean and safe uh, to use and open. Um, and they wanted to do, ensure that that information came through and was available to be used as quickly as possible. So it ticked both boxes in that particular use case. I think that's really interesting. Mm. Now, the big question here, and, and I think Vitero will likely be playing, a, a, you know, taking a leading role in this, is quantum computers and the role that quantum computing is going to play in, in our future because it's been said before that, that quantum computers are actually the biggest threat to cybersecurity in, in history and, you know, it's going to be easier to break the, the type of encryption ransomware that, that attackers are using, but our, our systems, our vital systems, will also become vulnerable. T take us through your expectations here. Yeah, so look, the quantum computing threat really relates to our encryption business. Quantum computers, when they reach a certain um, sufficient power, will be able to um, break existing classical encryption algorithms. Um, which is a, is a concern because we use encrypted uh, data in our daily lives for our banking transactions, for our, you know, data backups and data transmissions and data storage. So it, it is a real issue. What Sanitas is doing on the encryption side of the business is to implement quantum resistant algorithms, which we have already done. 
we have implemented um, all of the seven NIST finalist candidate quantum resistant algorithms in our device and customers can use those quantum resistant algorithms today. Um, we expect over the next couple of years that um, NIST will, will issue a final, will you know, settle on a final quantum resistant algorithm. Um, and uh, that I think is when we'll see the broad-based adoption of new approaches to encryption in a post-quantum era. So, so let's talk about Senatus. Um, what's the latest there? You, you've had some issues, of course, over the course of the the um, pandemic with supply pipelines, electronic component shortages, and how that's impacted uh, uh, the business. But you're continuing to build your pipeline, um, both in the US and 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 in Asia Pacific. Uh, uh, take update us on that part of the business. Yeah. So you know, obviously, the pandemic was um, you know was very disruptive to international supply chains. You know, combined with um, you know uh, natural disasters as well, compounding the issues. So, the entire electronics industry has been impacted, including Senatas, of course. Um, we've you know concentrated on building up inventory so we can supply customers our product, but we're finding customers can't even build new networks because they can't get other components that are needed to build those new networks. So, you know, whilst we've got a robust pipeline and growing pipeline. We are seeing sales delays as a result of those supply chain issues. And we think that's going to persist right through to the end of 2023, hopefully easing up um, at the latter half of the um, calendar year 2023. But it is an ongoing headache um, for the entire industry. Um, And there's no, again, no cheap, quick, easy fix for that particular problem because expanding um, capacity in the semiconductor industry is hugely expensive and time consuming to increase that capacity. And that's why it's taking so long to resolve itself. So, so what's next for uh, Senatus then um, in this particular side of the business? Obviously, you are dealing with this supply chain issues, but moving forward, what, what comes next? So, you know, obviously, we see a, a significant opportunity um, for our product in the, you know, for the use of our quantum resistant algorithm toolkits. Um, we also have some projects to build custom um, encryption capability for various countries, particularly in the Middle East. We see that as a growth opportunity and um, and we see a more broad-based adoption of encryption sort of more, more generally and internationally. So that's really good to see. Um, you know, obviously, we're also very keen to focus on ensuring Batero reaches its full potential and provide uh, shareholders that, that growth story in our stock. How are you going to do that on the on on the capital front? Are you looking to raise capital, Andrew, in the near future? Oh, not at this stage, but the board's always looking at uh, the capital requirements of the business going forward. So it's always something that the board is is discussing. Um, at, at the moment, we don't need to raise any capital, but that may change depending on the needs of the business. Hmm. Uh, you know, we did touch on this before when we last spoke, but that's a, a cyber a cyber pearl harbor. Is that a real threat at, at the moment where we stand at the moment? Oh, gosh, I, that's a difficult question to answer, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we might be saying we're in the middle of a cyber war and that um, sort of Pearl Harbor moment has already passed and we're engaged in, you know, cyber warfare in our daily lives and government to government. So, you know, I, I think we're in the middle of a, you know, cyber ongoing cyber conflict. Okay, so that's not necessarily a cyber Pearl Harbor. It's not one sudden event. It's just a consistent sort of ongoing threat. 
That's exactly it, right. It's essentially what you're saying. What do you make of the government's plan here in Australia to tear up uh, the previous 10-year $1.7 billion cybersecurity plan, Andrew? What are your thoughts on that? Um, look, I, I don't have any particular views on it except to say that I'm sure the government is looking at replacing it with another program. So the government is... Um, is, is obviously very aware of the cyber, growing cybersecurity threat, not just for government enterprise, but for industry. So it'll be interesting to see whether something replaces that uh, that program. I think <laughs> you'd hope that something does replace it. Right. I, would, I would expect so. I would expect so. <laughs> um, now, overall, when you have a look at what's been going on in the markets um, over the last sort of, you know, six to 12 months, it's been a very tough time. Um, yeah. For investors, certainly if you're watching, if you're an, a retail investor watching your superannuation go down, it's been a little bit tough. Technology stocks have been hit particularly hard. Um, yeah. Now, you've in your time, you know, as we talked about, 16 years with the company so far, but you've been in this industry for a long time and you've experienced many bear markets in your time. What's your feeling on this one? Um, look, I think this is a sort of an adjustment back to sort of more normal um, revenue multiples. Um, so it's headed back to probably where it should be. I think tech valuations got ahead of themselves, um, particularly over the past five years. And I just think this is a normalization. And those tech valuations were driven by an ultra low interest rate environment. And interest rates are now coming back to a more normal state, which basically means that, um, you know, the discounted cash flows, uh, future cash flows of an organization, and many of the tech valuations were based on you know, strong future cash flows have been adjusted as a result of higher interest rate environment. Um, so I just think this is a normalisation of valuations. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's good news to many who will be watching or listening, <laughs> I should say, to us today. Yeah. <laughs> it still doesn't help uh, falling asset prices in your super fund. No, it certainly doesn't, but it uh, hopefully means that they're not going to be down in the dumps for too much longer. Yeah, one would. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, it's always good to chat. It's lovely yeah. to um, to talk to you again. Thanks so much for joining us. Likewise, Oriol. Thanks very much uh, for everyone for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, uh, for our listeners for joining us today for this edition of Stock Insiders with me, Oriol Morrison. We'll catch you next week with more.